Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. I'm Delia Delore and each week we dissect a popular motto, mantra or metaphor, looking at their origins and finding how they translate to everyday life. We also have a special guest. This week, guests who speak about their resonance with their chosen expression. We're bringing you a slightly different show this week as we have not one, but three guests who are all part of a metaphorically speaking team. This week's metaphor generated so much conversation between us that we thought we might as well record our thoughts too. The metaphor actually came from the one and only Vanessa Williams, who I'm sure you've all heard of. She's not only the first African-American woman to win Miss America, but also a singer, actress, and designer too. I recently interviewed her in Columbia, South Carolina, as she performed in the Auntie Karen Foundation's Legends concert with the Color of Music Festival of Black Classical Musicians. We spoke about her pride of her life's journey so far, and if you didn't know, she's also an activist for minority and women's rights. During the conversation, she spoke of the first time she was called the N-word and her journey to where she is now and the metaphor moved the needle just jumped out. The interview was recorded on video for the foundation and festival news. So whilst I was talking to the team about the interview, we just started talking and it just seemed natural to share of the team conversation here. So later I'll be checking in with some of the metaphorically speaking team to hear their thoughts on the metaphor. But before we check in with them, I'd like to peel back the layers of the phrase, spin it around, turn it inside out and squeeze some juice out of it just for fun. Well, let's start with the phrase itself and what it means as a metaphor, and then we'll dissect it some more. Basically, moving the needle refers to making a noticeable difference, hopefully for the better, and it's wisely used at present in business circles. Here's a business guru using the phrase. For a digital project to make an impact, it has to move the needle. But do you know how your business really keeps score? Many boards and CEOs use specific KPIs that more closely monitor the individual strategic initiatives. Ultimately, these impact the big metrics as well. Moving the needle has been described as a bit of business jargon that has been around so long that it's back in vogue. Management focus less on the performances of specific people and more on the business as a whole as if there's a gauge or a meter with a needle pointing to the overall performance of the company. Employees have to be effective on the management's terms, or their work simply won't register on that meter, as it were. To progress, to impress, it's necessary to make a noticeable difference, to move the needle, and then to be seen to be responsible for that effect. In management circles, therefore, the phrase is seen as motivational. Most metaphors use a well-known visual image to imply an idea, and the basic idea of this metaphor is no different. When we hear the phrase, move the needle, the most common image that comes to mind is of a needle moving on a dial, a gauge, or a meter. 
This is such a recognisable image that even in the digital world, meters often display a picture of a needle on a dial just to make things easier to read at a glance. Needles and dials are everywhere, from the high-tech electronics of the recording studio to simple spring-driven kitchen scales or the speedometer in a car and the pressure gauge used to check the tyres. Moving the needle, making change happen, isn't always good, of course. Some systems require stability above all else, and when that needle goes into the red zone... In business too, where growth is often the most sought-after change, there are many instances of such ambition leading to collapse. So it is too in sport, politics or life in general. Overextending or not taking enough care of basics or making changes for change's sake can be disastrous. In the words of one proverb, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And in the words of another, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's go back to our visual image. Needle and dial meters are very common and in general, people understand them more quickly than decimal digits or other graphic representations, at least when only one measurement is being shown. This might be because worldwide we are familiar with circular clocks and compasses that we've been using as sources of variable information for centuries, right back to the most primitive sundials. Another very obvious piece of imagery that may come to mind, however, is playing music on vinyl. Although the stylus is a complex and high-tech part, it's still often referred to as a needle, since that's what was originally used to pick up the tiny vibrations in the grooves of a record. This technology for recorded sound has been around for well over a century, long before even electronics became involved, and well before our present-day digital formats. In 1857, Eduardo Leon Scott, a scientist researching the nature of sound itself, patented a machine for recording onto a glass plate, displaying the characteristic wave patterns that sounds make. He called it a phonautograph. It was not possible to play the sounds back at this stage, but soon a new development took place, using a needle scratching a track on soot-blackened paper stretched around a cylinder. Twenty years or so later, Thomas Edison also played a part. Edison is known to many as a prolific inventor, but to many others he is just a prolific patentee who habitually took out patents on other people's inventions. For this reason, he has even been called the Great Pretender. Yes, I'm the Great Pretender Just like Pretending that you're still around. 
That snippet, of course, was from the Platters. And there's another connection here because Platters is a nickname for the circular discs or records that become the norm for playing music. But back to Thomas Edison. In this case, his idea was to combine the technology of the phone autograph with the very newest technological idea in mind, namely the telephone, which was taxing the brains of inventors, all keen to turn the idea of speaking through wires at great distance into a reality. He called it a phonograph and demonstrated it by playing the nursery rhyme Mary had a little lamb to an enthralled audience the first recording ever of a human voice. However, the device didn't achieve the public acclaim and sales that he wanted, and he abandoned it a few years later as a waste of time. Not so with Alexander Graham Bell. He did patent the first telephone and used the money to explore Edison's phonograph. He returned it into a graphophone by turning the whole thing on its side. He replaced the fixed needle with a floating one and replaced the cylinder with one made from wax. This invention proved so successful and popular that Edison made significant changes to his phonograph, adopting Bell's ideas and applying his own marketing flair in America. I didn't copy anything. I adapted a couple of ideas maybe, but I was the first to patent in the USA. And that's the bottom line. This technology predominated the world of music recording, outdoing magnetic tape in all its formats and even seeing off an almost complete takeover by digital recordings on compact disc in the couple of decades around the millennium. Vinyl records have made a comeback from that, but only time will tell whether they survive more recent challenges. With constant changes in information technology making it increasingly difficult for anyone to keep up, and with the attraction of physical engagement, being able to hold records in your hand, it seems that they may well survive mobile phones and even the cloud. However, with adverse attitudes to the use of plastics, perhaps we'll have to change the materials we use to manufacture them once more. Well, we seem to have wandered off the topic again, so let's get back on track. <laughs> oh, I just realized that that metaphor, back on track, could also be linked to the music industry. I should probably say, let's get back on course instead, of course. <laughs> well, it seems clear that today's metaphor, moving the needle, comes from either the idea of an analog meter or playing a vinyl record, doesn't it? Well, as it turns out, there are other connections that can be made. But let's leave it there for a little while. The song that signifies moving the needle for me is a classic. It's by Jimmy Cliff and he has so many songs that move the needle like The Harder They Come. But this song just, to me, an important classic. It's not just the words of the song. Let me see if you can guess which one I'm talking about. But when I think of the movie that Jimmy Cliff starred in, The Harder They Come, and I think of this song, they both make me look at civilization, diversity, and where we are today. They symbolize the struggle and hard work of our ancestors, and how now we are still trying, but we do appreciate the start that we've been given, and we do continue to strive for happiness and equality. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
Jimmy Cliff's 1967 Hard Road to Travel. Did you know he is the only living reggae musician, multi-instrumentalist, singer, and actor to hold the Order of Merit, the highest honor of Jamaica? might be amusing to explore the other context in which the phrase move the needle might be used. As frequent visitors may know, I like to look back in history sometimes, and this is no exception. But before I go on, I hope that none of you listening have a phobia of needles, but if you do, you should probably turn the sound down after the next little bit for just a minute, because there are going to be quite a few references that you might not enjoy. Sometimes moving the needle, making changes in an effort to improve in business or in personal life, can entail a great deal of effort. The end result may seem almost unnoticeable to an onlooker, but it speaks of a high volume of determination, sometimes against the odds and maybe even against common sense. When the London landmark Cleopatra's Needle, a 3,500-year-old stone obelisk formerly situated in Alexandra, Egypt, was transported by sea to its new home, it required the building of a specially designed container ship to house it. As this happened in 1878, this alone cost the equivalent today of over £1.2 million or 1.6 million US dollars. The ship was towed by another ship, specially commissioned for the task. The attempt ended in failure, and after the deaths of six people, the container ship was cut adrift in the treacherous waters of the Bay of Biscay. 
A rescue mission finally brought the obelisk to London some three months after it had left Egypt. It now stands on the embankment as a monument to the British military victory over Napoleon and the retaking of territory in the Middle East. Now, that was such big news for me. With the public money spent on Cleopatra's needle and the lives lost, there must have been many people at the time who were angry at the whole affair. In other words, to use another metaphor, they could have got the needle about it because getting the needle or being needled refers to being angered or annoyed about something. On the same point, ouch, that was a bad pun. <laughs> According to one dictionary, a needle match is a bitterly fought contest between competitors or teams who bear each other a grudge. Okay, so now is the time to turn down the volume if you're scared of needles, just for a minute or so. You could say that just now we had a small collection of metaphors all in the same vein, which brings me neatly to... Well, you may have to move the needle, nurse, if you can't find a vein. Some good advice there for giving injections or drawing blood for donation. A generation or two ago, when hypodermic needles weren't as fine as they are today, severely diabetic patients needed frequent injections of insulin. Finding a good place to inject was sometimes a problem, so the needle had to be moved every time, so to speak. With these medical needles in mind, we can see that our metaphor today can refer to taking care and making corrections as we go along. When it comes to moving needles in a purely physical sense, we can be rightly amazed at the speed of industrial machines churning out knitwear or lace or, for that matter, at the dexterity of people who can perform these actions with the aplomb of a conjurer. One woman manages nearly 90 stitches a minute and is rightly in the Guinness Book on that account. Ma, would you knit me a sweater? No, darling, you're a polar bear. I hope you enjoyed the more informative look at our metaphor. We thought, why not round off the show with a chat with some Metaphorically Speaking production members? Here we have Odua, Ernie and Sabina discussing what this metaphor means to them. Dedicated listeners may recognise them from our Christmas episodes. Otherwise, enjoy a little peek behind the curtain of the MSDD team. So I don't know if you guys had a little um, a little read or research or even if you have your own um, own understanding, but we have the metaphor of the week is uh, move the needle. Does that make you make you guys think of anything in specifically or yeah, what does it mean to you? From what I can see, it means uh, to shift the situation. Totally, yeah. Not necessarily good and not necessarily bad, eh? <laughs> no, I mean we can only hope that it would be to shift the situation in a good way. I don't know, have there been moments where you've definitely felt like your input has has changed something for the better? Debatably, I've changed my own situation before. Oh. Like, I don't know. I used to not put as much work and stuff into um into like my projects and stuff as I could do. I don't know, a few years ago I kind of changed that and now I'm doing a lot better off because of it. It's really interesting. Do you find that um it's happened because 
do you think like uh, age or maturity or anything has come into play or has it been something else entirely it's age and maturity I'd imagine it's just I think you sit and think things through when you do that for long enough you end up coming to conclusions and you're like right I need to change now so yeah yeah same thing I think once you get to a certain age it's like yeah you want to think things through but then you're like yeah I need to just actually act on it so <laughs> yes. you can't yeah. you can't just go ignoring your thoughts yeah <laughs> yes yeah. I think that's definitely. definitely tied a lot to um I guess almost self-confidence as well right because I'm someone who when I get offered a situation especially when I was younger but I think of all the possibilities the millions of different possibilities not often great ones and that's always what's kind of held me back but yeah I definitely I think uh with my first proper job I say that with inverted commas that was the first time I kind of took the plunge in something and things have changed ever since then like you said it's it's thinking things through <laughs> yeah definitely having a job as well like I before I ever work it was literally my first job was literally just a hospitality job washing up but before that like I had basically no work ethic whatsoever <laughs> so when you put yourself in a situation where you have to to work you kind of develop it a lot don't you what about you Oddwell what was your first um first job or the first one that really meant something to you well my first job was oh gosh oh my gosh I'm gonna show my age I'm trying to push <laughs> <you> back <laughs> Don't say Woolworths. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think my first job, oh my gosh, I was working out at telemarketing. Oh. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. a mad first job. I know. Yeah. How, how did I'm you manage that? I'm <laughs> showing my age. Telemarketing back in the day when everybody had a house phone. <laughs> yeah, and then it was, yeah, that was a real eye-opener. It was, yeah, it, you definitely had to like you couldn't just like I don't know be a bit late or because mm. you had to hit certain targets and you and it was out and they used to put it on like a whiteboard in the office mm. with your name and how many targets you you managed to hit so it's like you couldn't just like fall into the background you had to show up and and work basically do you felt like it was hard for you though to kind of kind of stand out make your own difference uh, move the needle definitely in that environment because you have to have that type of personality that seller's type of personality and it's like if you don't have it you're going to struggle in those type of roles so selling was definitely I found out very quickly was not for me and then I mean we all we all work on this on this lovely project together um I don't know if you guys want to say a little bit more about what you do um because we all do something completely different don't we yes we've got very different roles <laughs> um i just do the um the speaker interview promotional videos each week which uh, are basically just 40 seconds clips taken from um from the podcast and uh i kind of add some like animations and stuff to it and it's just done to promote the podcast so i'm help manage and create the social media content this is more of the graphics that I do and then I will um, list Ernie's great videos that he does as well onto our social media I'll post them onto our social media sites yeah they're both very very um I, I I used to work in a little bit of social media in my last job and honestly it's it's 
it's an upward battle it's a it's a hard one <laughs> I always take my hats off to you guys my many hats um it's tricky because you don't always get the um the feedback that you want even though you, you guys do great work um oh, I can't imagine actually being in charge of the social media I've never know, had, a, right? had a role like that yeah <laughs> stressful <laughs> well for everybody else I, I I'm a script super right supervisor I should say script supervisor I used to write scripts and now I supervise other people writing them um which does sometimes mean I have to write them still but um <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I guide people uh I just read them and let them know that they're doing a good job um which is quite fun I I, I guess um it, it is a fun one thank you so much for joining me today um Ernie Ernie Dineef and Odwa Asemaka uh, for joining me, Sabina Larchapra Garcia, for having a little chat, a little catch up. Because um, as I said, it's it's very rare that we're together, but it's really nice. It's really nice to say hello. Any any last thoughts, you guys? Yeah, just um, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you've been enjoying our shows. Um, catch us on the podcast. Like, hey. Yeah, follow us on our social medias. <laughs> search for us. <laughs> And fun little chat there with some of my crew i couldn't do this without them honestly thank you guys do let us know if you want to hear more from them in future episodes otherwise i hope you've enjoyed our meander around today's metaphor and have decided for yourself how you might move the needle i don't think our outro music is precisely relevant but for a phrase like move the needle it's just irresistible I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. All girls all over the world. Original King Julian for the girls, man. I love how all the girls, they love to move their body. When you move your body, you know, move it nice and sweet and sassy. All right? Woman, you cute, and you don't need no makeup. Original cute body, makeup on mother. Woman, you cute, and you don't need no makeup. Original cute body, makeup on mother. Woman, physically fit, physically fit, physically, physically, physically fit. Woman, physically fit, physically fit, physically, physically, physically fit. Woman, nice, sweet, fantastic. Pretty body, ocean at the big Titanic. Woman, nice, sweet, energetic. Pretty body, ocean at the big Titanic. Woman, nice, sweet, fantastic. Pretty body, ocean at the big Titanic. Woman, nice, sweet, fantastic. Pretty body, ocean at the big I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. Woman, you 
cured and you don't need no makeup. Original cute body make a man mad. Who the cured? And you don't need no makeup. Original cute body make a man mad. Eyeliner, funny face and make man mad up. Nose powder, funny face and make man mad up. Lucky eyebrow, funny face and make man mad up. Girl your lipstick, funny face and make man mad up. Woman a nice broad face and a nice hip. Make man flip and bust them lip. Woman a nice and energetic. Picture about the ocean at the big Titanic. Woman a nice broad face and a nice hip. Make man flip and bust them lip. Woman a nice and energetic. Picture about the ocean at the big Titanic. Whoa. Thanks for listening to this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new. Thank you to Odua, Ernie and Sabina for being my guests today. And huge thanks to Jonathan Woods who edited this show and has been a tower of reliability and creativity. And to the rest of the team, I look forward to you being guests soon. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at info at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. We'd love you to share the show with your friends, colleagues and family. And please feel free to leave a review on colourful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. I say this all the time. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. Don't forget to join us for another metaphor next week. But before we go, I wanted to share the sing-along song that Miss Williams performed at the concert and received a standing ovation. Of course, it's Save the Best for Last. I'm Delia Delore. Bye for now.